stop, stop. I can't take it anymore. Oh, I do the live one too. Yes, I know. I saw your act in the theatre. You're really quite good. Quite a certain harmful habit. Stop it now, I'm leaving. Hello and welcome back. We are breaking up with RBS once again. This is episode number 96 and I am Tani Santabria. And I am JDK Winnikin, grooving in from our theme song to debunk some more junk this week. And by junk, we mean all those stories we tell ourselves in our various emotional states that don't do us any good. In fact, they make things harder and they rob us of that sense of peace, that sense of ease, that resilience, and that clarity that we all really want to have in life. And we come here every week to talk about how we can access that a little bit more consistently and far more easily than we often think. So thank you so much for joining us for this episode. If you're listening live, good morning. If you're listening to this as a podcast, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for leaving us a review and thank you for sharing with your family and friends. You can also check out our YouTube channel to see the video feeds of this and see how much how often I talk with my hands uh, at breaking up with our BS. You can also take Tawny's six-week self-mastery course if you check out unperfectyourself.com. And every week you get steps to take where you can apply all these things that we talk about to our own, your own context. And on the second Saturday of every month, Tawny and I host a free Zoom workshop to introduce you to the various techniques of getting grounded in the body, answer any questions that you have, and just generally introduce you to ourselves and maybe more so to yourself. Who knows? So we've got lots of stuff going on. We're working on our book. We're working on some plans for the future. It's a really fun time in Booab's land, our acronym. So there's good stuff. So we're really happy to have you. How are you, Tawny? I am doing fantastic. And I am going to start to refer to Booab's land more often, I think. <laughs> I... It, is, it is kind of its own growing thing. It's a land. You know, right. Booab's land. Booab's land. Hmm. Now I'm gonna have to give that some. Mm -hmm. Right now, the next step is like a continent or an empire. So we need to be thinking about that, and then planet, then galaxy. You know, it just gets bigger and bigger. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll. I can handle the land, the <laughs> land part right now. I well, think. It's, we'll be present and stay in the land. How about that? We're, we'll just be present okay. there. We won't make up any stories about what's coming. Anyway. All right. So okay. last week. Uh, if you missed last week's episode, you should check it out because we talked about uh, sh should I stay or should I go? Those questions we ask ourselves in our romantic relationships when things get rocky. Uh, how do we know how to navigate those more effectively? And and uh, there's really some good stuff in there. And and I was thinking, Tawny, that this for this week, branching off of that a little bit, maybe kind of taking this into the realm of some other types of relationships other than that that for many of us, that central one, our primary partnership. I was thinking about going into the workplace. Uh, I've been having conversations and experiences of my own. You know, it's one thing we talked last week about the challenges with one person, right, in one dynamic. What happens when you go to work and there's five people, 15 people, 30 people, 100 people, depending on where you work, and all of them very different, all of them bringing their own stuff in. The nature of the interactions is different than what, you know, you're used to at home, most likely. I thought maybe we could talk about the stories that come up in there and how we can best show up in those this week. What do you think? Yeah, you're just really going to send us out there, aren't you, <laughs> with that one? It is Boob's Land. <laughs> it is Boob's Land. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah. All the personalities. Yeah. 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 And everything mm-hmm. that can come with it. Like, you know, cause it's, it's such a, it's such a dynamic set of things because it's not like each relationship we have with this other person, say we have 10, it's not like we just have 10 straight lines to just 10 straight lines to those 10 people. They all have connections to one another <laughs> they all crisscross and, and people get talked about, not necessarily always negatively, but as part of the regular process, positively, negatively in cooperation, working in teams or whatever. There's a lot of opportunities in there for collisions, clashes, collaboration, cooperation, and needing to stretch through discomfort, wanting to retreat into comfort, you know, engaging in conflict, you know, uh, provoking perhaps. I mean, there's a lot of room for a lot of good and, you know, good, tough things to happen too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we really don't get our best work done without other people. This is true. Right? Like the collective, that energy does allow for a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of really cool things. So, so that's, that's a positive piece. Um, and though there's a lot of the other stuff too, like you were just, just talking about. And I think, um, that part of, of sort of, we talk a lot about workplace culture mm-hmm. and, um, and, and there's a lot of things that we enjoy or want to put in place that would fall underneath workplace culture. And, and I think one of the things that kind of gets missed or minimized is, and I don't know how this would ever fit. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, we do a lot about identifying strengths. We do a lot of, of trainings about how to sort of interact well with each other and how to have better communication with each other and all those kinds of things. Great stuff. Right. And, um, but what happens when, what we, what we, don't talk about coping mechanisms that we learned as children that are going to come out in the middle of a meeting. <laughs> and, and what, what does that, what are, what does that even feel or look like? Mm-hmm. And, and then what is expected around that? Mm-hmm. Um, because workplace workplaces can be quite stressful. The demands of the workplace or whatever the job is can be quite stressful. So we know that people are going to find themselves in survival mode at different times. And so what, you know, what can we do to help facilitate more awareness of this um, and more practice of this in ways where it's, I don't want to, I don't know about expected is the right word. I'm not really sure, but um where it's not as threatening. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what you're describing um, isn't necessarily part of what you would, you know, when you talk about getting going to a new job, you know, and, and the onboarding process, <laughs> there's not a lot of jobs that you mm-hmm. go into that would include what you just said. Now, there are some, and I am, mm-hmm. I am, I am party to, you know, a few that try to do that you know, just in my regular connections, my own work life and, and things like that, to try to do that. And um, with varying degrees of success, depending on the person 
whether that person's willing to really engage in them or not, right? So, so in the end, there are some things there that, you know, are really tough to mandate, you know, or can be anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think that's an, that's an interesting point about mandating. I don't know if, um, because we've deemed learning about yourself as like a scary thing mm-hmm. or, or a, a vulnerable thing, or I, there's, there can be a lot of different descriptors. Um, it, it's like a touchy thing. Yes. Right. It, and, and so, so that mandate were like, we can't mandate people to learn about themselves. Right. Like, um, and why wouldn't somebody want to learn about themselves? Right. Like, <laughs> right. like, but we've made it a very scary thing. Uh huh. We have, right. Like if you have to learn, if you have to learn about yourself, then you must have a problem. Right. Right. And I've seen <laughs> that like, like, like people we, take that, like you're telling them they need therapy or something like that. Like to, to learn about yourself means you need therapy. <laughs> Not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where else do you, right, like, but that's the part of, you know, the last couple decades or longer, right? Where do, where does one go to learn about themselves? <laughs> Therapist's office. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That's been my, my, my thing for years has been like, I don't, I don't, as a therapist previously, I don't want to be where people learn about themselves. I want people to learn about themselves in real time. Yeah in their relationships. Yeah. Right? Like in the workplace, at home, with their friends. But we've got to make it like exciting like exciting. We got like this is a huge benefit to learn about yourself. Yes. Right? We we do strengths assessments at work. We do personality assessments at work. So that's okay. Mhm. What about this other part of, and those are just like, those are some good information in there. Yeah. Some good information, but it says nothing about coping with, you know, how do you really cope with your childhood stressors when you're in survival mode mm-hmm. and they pop up in real time as an adult? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that, cause that's what is happening. That's what's happening all over the place. That's true. With, with leaders, with management, with employees, it's, responding in survival mode mm-hmm. to what wasn't worked out as children. You know, we, we didn't work it out as children, but our childhood stuff not worked out as adults and they butt up against each other. Mm-hmm. It's like our, I think we said this in an, in a past episode, our stress response, our nervous system is like butting up against each other. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, uh, you know, and I keep thinking of, you know, when we mentioned last week, when I'm talking about in romantic relationships, navigating that starts with knowing oneself, right? The thing that, as you said, people don't want to hear, right? You start with yourself. It's the same type of thing, you know, like that you're starting with yourself, you know, even something is being able to recognize, you know what, if I get hungry and I don't have, I'm at work and I get hungry, I tend to respond this way. I get short tempered. I withdraw. I get irritable. I have a hard time concentrating. Knowing that and then being able to then say, okay, that means that I need to be preemptive and could be something like set an alarm, 1045, get a snack, even if I'm not as hungry. Like once I'm hungry, it's too late. You know, it's, I need to, I need to get the snack to get me to lunch. You know, even 
that can go a long way because if you're having interactions with with coworkers in that time frame and you only have one or two of them a day and they keep happening in that time frame, you're going to have another coworker going, you know what? <laughs> JD sucks to talk to. I don't like talking to him. He's so cranky, you know, irritable. And then mm-hmm. suddenly you've got, you know, you don't have communication or flow the way, you know, most employers want things to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And depending on that person's um, way in which they cope with cranky, they could see that just as cranky, or they could see that as something completely different. Right. Right. And then that story comes up for them, mm-hmm. which then follows them through their day into the different interactions. Yeah. And, and what is that? Like that telephone? Yeah. Like what, what was the tele, the telephone game or yep. something? Ki- kind of like that, but different. But But that's the part. Like if I don't really know what I, if I'm responding to your cranky and I don't really know that um, what's going on. I mean, not that I need to know what's going on for you, but I don't know what happens for me that, that I have this reaction to your cranky and I'm not able to regulate that well for myself. I'm going to make up all kinds of stories about you don't like me. Mm-hmm. You're trying to keep me from advancing in my career. Mm-hmm. You're um, not validating me. Um, you're not allowing me, you're micromanaging me. You're not allowing me to be creative and a fully functioning member of this team. I mean, like I could go on for forever, like, cause we know we do this Yeah. when mm-hmm. we, you know, experience something like that from somebody else based off of our, based off of our history. Yeah. So, and then, and then it gets all topsy turvy and we're holding on to a lot of stories that aren't even true. And that's going to influence the whole week, the whole month. As long as we're in the work in this particular workplace, it could influence it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's another term you hear a lot in organizations trying to work through these types of things and and have these things be a part of their culture is um, intent versus impact. You know, so you have a person who brings something in a certain way. And if it's and I suppose it might be different if you're bringing in something that isn't coming from some sort of trauma, you know, some sort of response, a negative response. But in a situation like that, the intent could be I'm defending myself or I'm, I'm advocating this. But the impact, depending on what somebody else's conditioned response is, you can end up with a completely different impact. And so, you know, it kind of comes back to the if you know yourself and you know what's going on with you and how you do things, you can be better aware of what in, that other people are doing the same thing. And that might help at least give some more clarity on the reality mm-hmm. of things and how best individual people might be approached on various things, or at least better understood and accepted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because we tend to see ourselves, no matter what sort of things we've got going on internally that we notice about ourselves, we do tend to see ourselves as having good, um, giving ourselves the benefit of the doubt or having good intent. Yeah. You know, I wasn't trying to be malicious. I wasn't trying to be rude. Why did that person take it as rude? Uh-huh. Right. That's their problem that they took it as rude. Yeah. Right. So we can get caught up in all these really muddy places because we're not really aware enough of ourselves. Yeah. And then being able to have 
you know, the more aware we are of ourselves and the more self-compassionate we are, the more compassionate we are with others. Because we see, oh, they they probably have the same childhood survival mechanisms. I mean, they have them. They oh, have yeah. childhood survival mechanisms. They may not be the same, but they do have them, right? Oh, yeah. um, but often we don't see other people that way, mm-hmm. uh, which then, you know, fires off our nervous systems. And we're all reacting in ways we're, that, that, that limit us from our best selves. Yeah, and then divide up things into camps, right? This this person is on my side, that person is not. This person is trustworthy, mm-hmm. that person is not. This person is reliable, this person is not. And and that's the danger and that's and it happens in a lot of workplaces and it sure seems like that's really the root of so many challenges that workplaces have is a with a staff that has made up a bunch of stories about what people's responses mean. <laughs> you know, and, and I know that the temptation is to say, no matter across the board, whatever those things are, there's a level of professionalism that must be maintained, you know, and I, I, there is, there is root, there's room for that, right? The, you know, this is the expectation of how you talk to people in the workplace, how you behave. These things are not allowed that, you know, that's, those matter. And yet I've also seen in some organizations the thought that that can just cover everything, you know, it doesn't matter. Just come in, do your job. Doesn't matter what stories you make up. Doesn't matter though. You just do this, be this way, push all those things down or shut them all out. Almost like there's two different selves. There's your personal self and there's your professional self. Just bring your professional self in here as if somehow that the, there isn't leaking and overlap between the two. Cause that's not really helpful either. And there's a lot of companies still, that operate that way. In fact, I would say there's a good portion of them from small companies up to the biggest ones in the world who that is, if not the spoken expectation, it is the acted upon and assumed expectation. Mm-hmm. And I would say, absolutely. You're, you're right on. I would say there's, you know, we talked last week in relationships or intimate relationships about um, still needing to be courteous yeah. Right. So the, then the better we know ourselves, the better we know ourselves, the better able we are to be courteous. Yeah. Because we know our stuff. We know where we can get hooked. And so whether, because our, you know, we think about professional selves, where do we learn our about our professional selves if we don't know anything about ourselves or very little about ourselves? How do we then become professional? And that's where, you know, things in the workplace occur, even though, even if we have that sort of like, this is the standard, um, you know, operating <laughs> procedures around communication or around, you know, being in the workplace. If it were as simple as that, we would see, and people could just access that easily, we would see things just working out splendidly. Mm-hmm. But we don't see that. I think research shows that most people leave their job because of their manager. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Be- and so but that's that's a complicated relationship oftentimes. And, and who better to um, trigger our survival mechanisms or our stress response than our manager? Mm-hmm. 
right? So we, if we don't know ourselves and we don't know enough about ourselves to be able to maneuver through difficult and, un and uncomfortable situations well, then, then we don't, we, we don't, we don't stay. Um, and, and, and also we don't maybe become good managers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause that, that's an indicative of, of some sort of dynamic in there, obviously varying from each case to each case of that, of that perception disconnect going on. I'm reacting to what this manager is doing or I think this manager is doing or what I'm interpreting that this manager means when they do A, B, and C or say A, B, and C. And then you might have the manager going, well, I keep doing A, B, and C because I'm perceiving this person is doing D, E, and F. You know, and obviously it can be any combination of those and a million more. Um, and in some cases, it might be really good to leave a job, you know, or, you know, to, to mm -hmm. let somebody go, right, if you're the manager, right? There's obviously legitimate reasons for those things too. But it does bring us right back to that big question. Instead of going to the externals of why doesn't this person do this or how do I train this person to do that, starting with what about me? You know what? And, and I, that word courteous is, is good, you know, cause it, it means something more specific than that professionalism bandaid that we often put over things linguistically. And then, you know, or, or it's just too broad of a term necessarily when courteous is really what we mean. Cause courteous rec, you know, indicates to me an awareness that that other person on the other side of you deserves respect and is different from you. And it opens up some space for you perhaps to be able to be aware of, even if you don't know the specifics of those person's responses and where they come from, you're aware that they've got them and you're going to see them, you know? And then mm -hmm. from there, that's when some things can be seen a little more clearly. If there is some sort of, you know, development needs to be done, corrective needs to be done, addressing needs to be done, whatever the word is. Mm-hmm. And, and all of that can be done in a courteous manner also. Yes. Right. So some of that stuff isn't always done that way. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and, and then that will set off the other person's nervous system mm -hmm. when it's not done that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, it seems to me that, that how interesting would it be to, in an environment like that, you're, you're, you come into a job you're going through the onboarding process and you're entering into this work culture that asks you not just the basic questions, what's your background? You know, what's, you know, all those, like, what do you say is your biggest fault? You know, th those things that we skillfully try to answer. So we look good. Right. I care too much. I work too hard. You know, that we would actually ask things like, like when, when are you like during the day, what often is your biggest challenge period of time and, and why? You know, what's, you know, just even, I don't even know what they might be. I would want to think about them for a while. But questions that are focused on how well they know themselves, I would think that would be a very different experience than a lot of people would be expecting and would indicate a lot of positive things, if done well, for the company that they've just joined. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, though, because we're not used to knowing ourselves, Mm -hmm. uh, if if companies were able to um, kind of build that into the culture, like 
not even the question, what do you do? Blah, 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 blah. Like here, we value people knowing themselves. <laughs> yeah. Right. What, what, what does that mean for you? What does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. And, and here's what we do so that we can support people knowing themselves. I love this. I love that. Yeah. It's because in the end, in the end that's where everything starts. Because each, each worker, including ourselves, is starting with ourselves. <laughs> Once again, it's the thing that nobody wants to hear. Second week in a row, it starts with ourselves. Wow. <laughs> I know. Wow. And it makes it easier. It does make life easier. It does. Just... It does. And it, and it also, you know, and it can help, you know, and talk about being a way that if, if you're if you're looking for people who fit the culture, the people who can respond to that and embrace that and work within that, you're going to get the people more likely who are going to stay longer, doing a more effective job. And it's going to filter out the people that may not be the best fit, you know, and it doesn't mean that they're less as far as people goes. They're just not the best match at that time and place for that particular position for that organization at that particular time. But it's, it would be a way to ensure that you would be narrowing down your workforce into one that effectively, at least in, in this key way, is rowing in the same direction. Yeah. And, and all of the areas of communication within the workplace would go much more smoothly mm-hmm. also. So all of the time spent, um, all of it, a lot of the time spent trying to sort of like make sense out of things would be, would be lessened for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it would be lessened for sure. Yeah, that boy, that gives me a lot of ideas. <laughs> a lot of ideas, you know, and wondering about a lot of different things. You know, what could that look like in various places? You know, um, wow. All right, well, we are already out of time. Believe that. No, wow, always goes yeah. fast. Always mm-hmm. goes fast. So, mm-hmm. well, thanks for that, and hopefully for all of you, that was something that uh, you know you can take with you into your own workplace, wherever that is. Whether it's like me, who has a workforce of many, many people, or Tony, who's got a workforce of what? Tony, what do you got? I've got a workforce of myself and and two other folks, uh, Gita and Jenny. And um, yeah, mm-hmm. they, we we do okay though. We do okay. We've got some bumps that we're working through. But yeah, and we do okay. and, and it, it's worth people knowing that Gita and Jenny are are Tony's dogs. <laughs> You're living the dream, Tony. And I know, I and they can trigger me for sure. Yeah, right. So and, um, and they know themselves. And they know themselves. And they know themselves. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, whether you have a workforce of one or three or thirty or three hundred, hope you found this episode helpful. We will be back next week with another episode to debunk some junk. Until then, I'm JDK Winnikin, and over there is <laughs> I'm Tony Santabria. We'll see you guys later. Work well, everyone. <laughs> Stop, stop, stop. I can't take it anymore. Oh, I do the live one too. Yes, I know. I saw your act in the theater. You're really quite good.